How's everyone doing this morning, this Easter morning? Come on. All right. As we get into the Word of God this morning, this is Easter service, and this is a time that many people come to church, maybe because they feel they have to, maybe you come because you're with family, but we're going to talk this morning about an interesting person in the Easter story. We're going to mention Jesus, as we often do on Easter. We're going to talk about a woman. What's interesting about this woman is that all the men scattered when Jesus died on the cross. They were afraid for their lives. They were afraid for their futures. They were afraid for their families. So they just scattered. But what's amazing about the Easter story is that there were two women that were bold enough, brave enough to risk their lives, risk it all, to go to the tomb where Jesus laid. And it shows me that sometimes these women be acting a little bit tougher than the men. We're going to go to Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. As we get into this Easter message, can we all stand in reverence to the word of God today? As we study this word. And the word of God says on the first day of the week, early, very early in the morning, the woman took some spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone and rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They were wondering about this. Suddenly, Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fear, the women bowed down with their faces to their ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. That the Son of Man must be delivered into the hand of the sinful men. He must be crucified. And on the third day, he will rise again. And then, they remembered his word. And then, they remembered his word. And as a result, I want to go all the way to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Just one verse. That's going to tie it all together. And we have this hope. Can we just say that word hope? Hope. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Notice what the Bible says. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. It is firm. It is secure. And it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Let's pray. Father, bless this word in Jesus' name. As we get into this Easter weekend and this Easter sermon, Father, we learned last weekend about a donkey. We talked about the amazing destiny that you have for us. Father, as we talked about on Friday, your crucifixion, now we're going to go into the resurrection. Lord, help us to put it all together and what it all means for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat where you're at. As we get into the word of God, as I began to read this word for Easter... 
You usually tend to want to focus on Jesus, but I got to admit, in my time of studying, I was not thinking about Jesus on Easter. I was actually thinking about Mary and Joanna. These two women were the ones that came into the tomb. They risked their lives. They knew that the Roman government were really mean to the Jewish people. They knew that being women and Jews meant that their lives were at stake. But that early morning on Sunday, they took it all in. They gave up everything. They said, we're going to go and we're going to find Jesus. We need to put these spices on his body. And as he began to read this, it kind of just blew my mind. Because the Bible says that Mary and Joanna, they prepared these spices. Now, this wasn't just an ordinary little jar of spice to put on the body of Jesus. They prepared enough, historically speaking, to embalm the entire body of Jesus Christ. So they prepared all Saturday day, all Saturday night. They were preparing these spices to go to the tomb of Jesus and put it all over his dead body. And this took all day and night. And these were not just little jars. This was a heavy portion. So they were carrying these massive loads of spices to the tomb of Jesus. Imagine now that Mary and Joanna, what they're going through. They're by themselves because all the boys left. They cowered and they scattered. These two women were carrying these heavy loads of jars of spices to carry it to the tomb. They're feeling discouraged. They're feeling lost. They're hopeless. It's dark. It's cold. It's early. They're crying, wondering what happened. Wondering why did God allow this to happen? And they all forgot about what Jesus said. That he would die and he would rise again. See, sometimes life gets so hard and you can get so discouraged, you can easily forget the promises of God. You can read the Bible, you can study it, you can memorize it, but when life hits you so hard, it almost feels like the Word of God is not existent in your life. It almost feels like what you learn from God and what you study from Jesus in the Bible does not apply to you because what you're going through is so disheartening, is so discouraging that you just forget the promise of God. It's easy to criticize Mary and Joanna for forgetting the word of God, but how often times do we forget the promises of God when life puts us through circumstances we just don't understand? So we see these women were walking to the tomb, hopeless, confused, not knowing what God was about to do, not knowing that God was about to raise Jesus from the dead, not knowing that they were about to receive their greatest miracle. See, sometimes on Saturday, we've lost all hope. On Saturday, we're discouraged. On Saturday, we're lost, we're confused, we're hopeless. But then all it takes is one Sunday, one day for God to turn the entire situation around. That's what Easter is all about. Easter is all about God allowing us 
us to suffer on Friday, wait on Saturday, and experience a miracle on Sunday. That's why you cannot determine your life based on what happens on Friday. You cannot determine anything about God based on what you're going through on Saturday because God's word stands forever. His promises are true. And that's why Jesus had to remind Mary and Joanna, did you not remember? Did you forget? The answer to that question is, yeah. We often feel like God has forgotten us. But the honest truth is, sometimes we're living our lives like we've forgotten Him. And there's a lot of people that say, where is God and why is God doing this? And I feel so abandoned and forgotten by God. But if we would put a mirror in front of us, I wonder if you're living your life today as though you have forgotten God. As you have forgotten Christ. You have to understand that the book of Hebrews says something profound. Now because of Jesus, we have this hope, this anchor. For our soul. And it goes into the inner curtain. You see, the, the temple was divided by a curtain. And that curtain separated people from the holies of holies. And what God said in Hebrews now was because of Jesus, we have a way to God. We have an anchor, a hope for our soul. I want you to understand something. I see this tattooed on people and it's dumb. God is my anchor. Yes, he is. But the anchor he's talking about is not for your life. He's talking about your soul. The afterlife. Yes, God will hold you on this earth. God will take care of you on this earth. God will provide for you on this earth. Let me ask you this question. How is your soul with God? Are you secured? The reason that Jesus referred to himself as an anchor, it matches everything about the story of Easter. You see, when I go out on the boat, I have an anchor. And as I'm preparing the anchor, it's crazy how God, God could have used any other word to describe Jesus. He couldn't use any other powerful visual illustration. But he used an anchor. Because as I grabbed an anchor, see, just this week I was out at sea. And it was heavy current. A storm had just come through and it was bad conditions. And as I was out in the boat, you know what I did? I grabbed the anchor. I threw it overboard. It sank into the depth of the water. And I tied the boat. You know what's crazy? The rest of my evening... 
I enjoyed my night of fishing. All because I knew that anchor was working. I knew that anchor was holding me. I knew that anchor was not going to let me drift away. And I understand now why God referred to Jesus as an anchor. Because like an anchor, you're not always going to see it. You're not always going to understand or even know if it's working. But like an anchor, you have to have the faith and the trust and the belief to know that even when I don't see God, I know He's working. I know He's holding me. I know He's securing me. I know He's there. I don't see it. And that's the story of Easter. Mary and Joanna could not see God working. Because Friday was so bad watching Jesus on that cross dying for our sins. And Saturday was worse because there was a period of silence. So they could not understand. They could not see God in anything. But God had a plan. God was at work. That's why God said Jesus is like this anchor. Because sometimes in life you're not going to understand me. Sometimes in life you're not going to get me. And sometimes in life, you're going to feel like I'm far away from you. But if you knew that even when you don't see or understand me, I'm still there. I'm still working. And that's why the Word of God clearly describes Jesus as an anchor. He's an anchor for your soul. He secures your soul for eternity. He secures your soul for the afterlife. Jesus is more about the afterlife than this present life. He's more about the afterlife and where you spend eternity after than now. The truth is, God hasn't forgotten you. But sometimes it's us that's forgotten him. We're the ones that forgot him. You see... John chapter 20, verse 15 through 16. The Bible actually said Jesus stood behind them and said, who is it you're looking for? Let me pause this first because I want to ask you and, and put yourself in this situation like you were Mary and Joanna right now. What if God showed up to you and asked you this question? What if Jesus himself came and asked you personally, hey, what are you looking for? The majority of people today, if they were asked that by Jesus, they would say money. They would say pleasure, success, influence, position. But the last thing we would ever say is Jesus. And Jesus stops at the feet of Mary and Joanna and he asked them, why are you crying? They thought that he was a gardener. They didn't recognize him. You see, it shows me that there's sometimes in our lives, Jesus is right there in front of us, but we don't recognize him. We don't see him. 
And we're looking the wrong way. They mistake Jesus for a gardener. Just like so many people mistake Jesus for just a teacher. Just a prophet. Just a good man. But Jesus was God. And he was standing right there. And he revealed himself to Mary and Joanna. And their eyes were opened. That's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to reveal himself to you. As I read the story of Easter through the eyes of Mary and Joanna, I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from their mistakes. The mistakes that Mary made is the same mistakes that we make when it comes to Jesus and our lives. You guys ready for them? Number one. They wasted their time. When you think about it, Jesus showed up. He reveals himself and said, hey, I'm not the gardener, I'm Jesus. And their eyes were open and they're like, man, it's Jesus. He was right here in front of us the whole time. And they went out to preach the gospel that he had risen. And everyone gets excited about this verse. Everyone gets excited about this passage. Everyone gets excited that Jesus revealed himself. He's alive. But maybe me, I don't know why. I looked at that and I saw it the other way. And I said, what a waste of time. Dear Pastor, how can you say that? What a waste of time. Why? Because when Jesus revealed himself to Mary, they had to realize three mistakes they made. Number one. They carried these heavy jars of spices for nothing. They prepared it on Saturday to carry it all morning long to the tomb. Struggling. Tired. They were preparing spices for a dead body that wasn't dead. So mistake number one that Mary and Joanna made are the same mistakes a lot of us make. There's a lot of you here this morning or listening online today. You're carrying a burden you don't have to. You're wasting your time carrying this heavy burden. You're wasting your time crying and this broken and disheartened and discouraged. You're wasting your time carrying this heavy burden that God never asked you to carry. You're carrying unnecessary hopelessness, unnecessary depression, unnecessary discouragement unnecessary fear, unnecessary anxiety. Everything that they felt on Saturday was a waste of time because they forgot the promise of God. Could it be that this morning you're wasting your life on emotions that you can clearly see you're experiencing because you have forgotten who God is and his promises? You're wasting your life Carrying something that God never asked you to carry. 
Jesus never said to Mary and Joanna, listen, when I die, I want you to make these spices and I want you to go to the tomb and I want you to anoint me and pour it all on me. Jesus never said that because Jesus knew he would rise from the dead. And some of you, you're carrying things as though something in your life has died and it's not. Easter is a reminder that it's not over. But you're living life like it is. See, when Jesus revealed himself to Mary and Joanna, the first thing they must have seen and noticed was we wasted our time on these jars. We wasted our our time crying. We wasted our time discouraged and hopeless and afraid. We wasted all weekend long. And I believe in my heart there's someone here carrying burdens you're not supposed to. You're carrying sin God wants to lift. You're carrying guilt, shame, fear. And it's weighing you down. It's getting you tired. More and more out of control. Sad. Discouraged. You're crying tears you shouldn't cry. Fearing things you shouldn't fear. Worrying about things that God already has full control over. Why? Because you don't see the anchor. He's holding you. That's why Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He looked at everyone and he said, "Come to me, all of you, all, all of you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care the mistakes you've made. I don't care the childhood you had." Jesus said, "Come to me." All of you who are what? Worry. All of you who are tired. And all of you who are carrying a heavy burden. Come to me. And I'll give you rest. See, Jesus is all about giving you rest. And if you're not experiencing that rest in your life, it's because you have refused to come to him and give him the load. Do you find yourself weary lately? Do you find yourself tired? Jesus says, come to me. The first mistake I realized in Mary and Joanna was, you wasted your Saturday. You wasted your time preparing spices for a body that was never dead. Carrying this heavy load that you should never have even carried. And when I started reading this even more, I said, man, I got more to blame on these girls. The spices were nice. 
The spices were a nice gesture. There was, it was an honor to be buried and anointed with spices before you were buried. But you know what's crazy? Let me twist this around. This is an Easter you're never going to forget. You realize that these women, when you think about the timeline, these women, remember the Bible says there was an earthquake and the stone rolled away by itself? These women could have been there to witness this amazing miracle of a massive stone being rolled away. They could have witnessed Jesus coming out of this grave and the angel singing. They could have witnessed it all. But you know why they didn't? Because they were back home crying, preparing spices. The spice was nice. But was it needed? You say, well, Pastor, what does that even mean? Let me apply this to your life. There are some nice things in your life that are keeping you from Jesus. There's some nice spice in your life that is keeping you from experiencing the fullness of Christ. See, those spices represent in my life not nothing that's bad and evil and sinful. No, I, that represents things in my life that's nice. It's a nice spice. But it's getting in the way of my life. You're like, give me an example. Your kids, they're nice spice. But sometimes we put our kids more important than God. And it's keeping you away from him. Your job, nothing sinful about it. It's nice. That's a nice spice to have. But if that nice spice is keeping you away from the life that God wants you to have, you're wasting your time. We're wasting our lives on spices that don't even matter. And if you would just stop being so distracted by all of those nice spices, you couldn't actually get there on time and see Jesus raised. So I wonder today, how many things in this life are we wasting our lives on? Not only are you wasting your life on fear and anxiety and depression and discouragement over something that's not dead because God is still very much in control of, but maybe you're wasting your life on things that are not as important as coming to Jesus. But they missed out. But glory to God. They still made it. Why? Because maybe up to this point, you've been wasting your life. But it's better to be late than never have come to Christ at all. Well, Jesus still showed up. He didn't say, why, why are you late? He didn't say, why did you make spices? He said, I'm here not too late for you. Mistake number two these women made. These women were naive to think. Now, agree with me here because how many of you agree that this stone was heavy? Oh yeah, 
How many agree that you couldn't just walk in there and say, hey, where's Jesus? Oh, he's right there. Oh, thank you. I'm just carrying my spice. It was sealed by the Roman government that if anyone broke the seal, you'd be dead on the spot. It was guarded by Roman soldiers. And on top of that, it was a heavy stone. And here we have two women that are crazy enough to think they're just going to walk in there with their nice little spice to go anoint the body of Christ. When I read that, I just laughed. I said, what's wrong with you? And then I realized why God added that to the story. What if Jesus was in the tomb and never rose again? What if Mary and Joanna came to that garden and they grabbed that stone and they would have pushed really hard? How many believe that stone would have rolled away? Show me your hands. How many believe that that stone would never have moved an inch? Show me your hands. That's right. You see, some of us in this life are that naive to think that our best effort gets us to Jesus. And it doesn't matter how strong of a believer you are, how great of a person you are, your best effort. I go to church, I pray, I do this, I do that for God. I love Jesus, and then I give him all my effort. And Jesus still says, yeah, but you still can't get to me. I don't care what you're bringing, but I'm bringing nice things. Some of you think you're going to heaven because you're going with nice things for God. God doesn't want your spices. But I pray really nice. But I go to mass. I light candles. I've done this. I've cracked eggs. I've put water under my bed. I've cut this bird in half. I've done this. i prayed that. I've gone to church. I've read my Bible. My grandmama's mama's mama is a Christian. And Jesus says, even as your best effort, the stone won't move. Separated from me. I don't care who you are. The only way that that stone moved is because Jesus moved it. And the only way you get to the Father is through Jesus according to the word of God. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one goes to the Father but by me. But by me. How naive were these women to think they're just going to show up and get to Jesus? Then I realized that's the world we live in. We're spending billions and billions on dollars to repair a church building that doesn't matter in Paris? Why? Because we need our spices to look good to God. We're coming to church on Easter, just doing our best, dressed our best, wearing our best. Why? Because we need to show how nice our spices are. Don't be naive. 
your best effort will never roll the stone away. That stone represents the sin that separates us from Christ. The Bible said God rolled the stone. The only way to Jesus and to God the Father is not by any effort you've done, but because of what he has done. Matthew 7, 22, it talks about naive people like Mary and Joanna. Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, isn't it interesting you can talk like a Christian? Lord, Lord, you know why they had to say it twice? Because God wasn't listening. Didn't we prophesy in your name? And in your name, didn't we drive out demons? And didn't we perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you who practice evil. These are people that Jesus says on the last days on judgment, they're going to come to him. And you know what they're going to say? You like my spices? Man, I made a lot of effort, God. I prayed, I prophesied, I cast demons, I did everything. But you know what the problem is? They said all these things except one, the name of Jesus. If you think you're going to go to God and say, but didn't we, and didn't we, and didn't we, you better go to heaven knowing you look at God and say, Didn't he die on the cross for my sins? What's your life? Is it we or he? If it's we and your effort, the stone never moves. You stay eternally separated from God. Because Ephesians 2.8 clearly says that it is not by works that you're saved. It's by grace. Through faith, not from, say it with me, yourself. See, I said, Mary and Joanna, they thought they can move that stone because they love Jesus. You know you can love Jesus and still go to hell? Yeah. They, they, they had their best motives. They, they had their best intentions. But no matter how much they loved Jesus, no matter how much they knew about him, no matter how much they tried to please him, that stone would never have moved. Because that stone can only be moved by God, and only God can take away the sins of the world, and he did it through Jesus Christ, and no other way. And it's sad. 
Because not only like Joanna and Mary are we wasting our lives on spices that don't matter and prevent us from really experiencing the glory of God, but we're also wasting our efforts on things that are never going to matter to God when you die and are in the presence of judgment in eternity. You're saying this isn't a very happy Easter. This is the happiest Easter message you can hear. Because here's another mistake they made. Jesus stopped and asked them. In verse 5. said. They bowed down. Jesus asked. Why do you look for the living. Among the dead. You know, Jesus said something profound here. When you really think about it, you know what Jesus said to these women? You're searching for the right thing in the wrong places. Let me explain something to you. What if I told you right now Everyone in this life, right now, breathing, is searching for Jesus. You know how many people would disagree with me? Practically everyone would say, Pastor, no way. Not everyone is searching. I know my cousin's not searching for Jesus. I know my neighbor's not searching for Jesus. I know friends of mine that aren't searching for Jesus. There is no, I know Democrats are searching for Jesus. I know some Republicans aren't searching for Jesus. I know this, I know this. No, there's no way. What if I told you? That I can prove to you right now that every living person right now is searching for Jesus. Raise your hand if you would believe me. Good. Raise your hand if you're like, nah, not everyone. Jesus told Mary, why are you searching for life? Amongst the dead. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the. What? Life. Why are you searching for life? Among the dead. And let me prove to you how everyone in this world is searching for Jesus. They just don't know it. Mary was searching for the right thing at the wrong place. In this life, there's some common things every person's searching for. Every person is searching for love. Not just romantic love. To love and be loved. Everyone in this life is searching for peace. It's in our nature as human beings to search for purpose and fulfillment. We're all searching for joy. We're all searching for freedom. I'm convinced in this life, everyone is searching for the right thing. The only problem is we're searching in the wrong places. 
You know how I can tell you that everyone is looking for Jesus? Because Jesus is love. Jesus is peace. Jesus is purpose, fulfillment. Jesus is joy. Jesus is freedom. You're searching for Jesus. You just didn't know it. Everyone in this world is searching for Jesus because they want what Jesus is offering. Love and purpose and freedom and peace. So everyone, whether atheist, agnostic, Jewish, Baptist, Catholic, lost, saved, we're all searching for Jesus, but the devil has us searching in the wrong places. We're searching for love and relationships. We're searching for purpose and money and status and accomplishments. We're searching for peace and drugs and sex and alcohol and substances. We're searching for fulfillment in our possessions. And Jesus says, like he said to Mary, you're searching for the right thing, but you're just searching in the wrong place. Everyone in this world right now searching for Jesus but the same way Mary couldn't recognize it that's why today we have so many lost people because they're searching for the right one but they don't recognize that it's Jesus so now if I tell you everyone is searching for Jesus do you believe me now? right Mary's worried Joanna's worried. These women are carrying these spices. And I'm going to close with this verse. In Mark 16, 3, Mary and Joanna, they're carrying the heavy spices. As they cry, as they're burdened, as they're heavy with, with, with just wondering what's going to happen. Mary and Joanna said, Who's going to roll the stone away? Who's going to roll the stone away? In other words, they're saying, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get to Jesus? How, what, what are we, we can't do this. Not knowing. That way ahead, God already took care of it. Let me preach to someone here. You're worried about something today that God has already gone ahead and taken care of. Some of you are Marys and Joannas here. You're just freaking out, worry, anxiety's coming. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And God said, don't you understand? I'm an anchor. You don't see it. You don't understand it. But I've already taken care of it. That's the story of Easter. Sin separated us from God. We didn't know how we were going to get to God the Father, but God said, don't you worry about it. 
Don't you have fear. I'm already taking care of it. And that's why we celebrate Easter. Because God took care of our greatest problem. And that was the sin that separated us from him. And if God took care of the greatest problem we've ever had. Won't he take care of your problems now? See, when Mary and Joanna stepped up, they're worried. They looked up. They saw the stone had already moved. Because God did for them what they could never do for themselves. That is the story of grace, mercy, and salvation. Jesus dying on the cross for our sins is God doing for us what we can never do for ourselves. And that is completely wipe away the sin that separated us from God. And I love that they had the faith. To just go. You see, I believe today you're searching for the right thing. But you're just searching in the wrong places. And what I love about Hebrews chapter 6, 19, let's go there one more time. Is that Jesus said, we have this hope. You know what hope is, right? Hope is the belief and the expectation of something better. So when you're hopeless is when you believe nothing will ever get better for you. But hope, Jesus said, I am your hope. Why? Because there's one promise we have in Jesus when you're born again and saved. No matter how bad this life is on earth for you, it will get better because there is nothing better than eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. That's your hope. But see, what I love about the Easter story is that we always stop it there. We always stop when he says that he rose again. Easter's over. Great. Go home. Lunchtime. No, listen. Jesus said, I'm an anchor. I secure you because there's another group of people I want to talk about quickly this morning about Easter. We have Mary and Joanna, but what about the boys? What about the guys that left them? What about Peter that said, I'll never deny you. I love you. Peace. I'm gone. You know why Jesus said I'm an anchor? Because some of us need to hear this. An anchor holds you. You don't always see it, but it's there, like God. But see, the disciples on Easter showed me that sometimes we're drifting. We're just drifters. How many drifters do I have in the house of God today? You just feel like you're far from God. So you don't really have a desire for church anymore, the Bible, worship, distractions, other spices that are nice. And you're far from God. What it means to be backslidden, you're just drifting. 
You're drifting. And you can remember a time you were so close to God, but now you're just so far. Man, you could be sitting down in the church. And you're listening to Pastor David. Hi, I'm Pastor David. Nice to meet you. You're in the church and you're listening and you're, you're crying. But you know, deep down inside, if, if God, if David only knew how far I am from God. Man, if David, if David only knew that, that I don't feel this anymore and I'm so far. You know what's amazing about drifters? Why God said I'm an anchor? Because he says, you know where to find me, right where you left me. And no matter how far you drift, you could always pull yourself back to God. Amen. You know, that day, that Easter, the disciples were drifters. And they were literally out in the sea when they saw Jesus. And Peter saw Jesus and he knew, uh-oh, it's Jesus. The first time Peter saw Jesus risen, Peter was a drifter. When he saw him, there was something in Peter that said, I know I've made mistakes. I know I denied you. I know I failed you and I let you down. I know I ran off from you, Jesus. But there's something about the resurrected Christ that when he saw him, he got off the boat and he pulled himself back. And he said, Jesus, I'm coming back where you're at. And he pulled himself back and back and back. And Jesus met him at the shore. And they ate breakfast together. And Peter left that day better than before. Stop thinking about your past and how you drifted from God. Think about now that you can pull yourself back to him and he can make you better even after. Your best days with Christ aren't behind you for any drifters I have in the church. Well, pastor, I haven't seen you in months. I don't care. It's not about me. I haven't prayed. I haven't read my Bible. I have, listen, all of that, they're spices. He wants you. That's why I love that the Bible says we have this hope, this anchor. Because no matter how far you drift, you can pull yourself back to me. So don't feel guilty. Don't beat yourself up. Just say, Lord, I've drifted. And if you're here this morning and you're searching for life in the wrong places, the answer is Jesus. He'll fill you with unspeakable love and joy and peace and purpose. That's the story of Easter. Redemption for everyone. Are you grateful you serve an anchor and not a float? Because God says, I'm secured. I'll hold you. You may not always see me, but I'm there. And I'm holding you down. And if you happen to drift, I'll still be here. You just pull yourself back. 
In fact, Monday, I actually did drift. I was so caught up. I was catching so much amazing fish. You wouldn't believe it. They were like this, really this big, but I say this big. Having so much fun, I didn't even realize how far I drifted. The anchor, the rope got loose. And I was actually headed towards these pylons, this bridge. I think sometimes God has to put us in danger to wake us up. You'll be surprised how quick I dropped the fishing pole when I realized I've gone too far. But you know what's amazing? I couldn't get mad at the anchor. I got mad at myself and said, how did I let myself get so drift just far? You know all I did? Just myself back. And I was right where I started. Oh, but by the way, it took work. It wasn't easy. Hey, because coming back to Jesus, not easy. It's not, oh, okay, I'm good now. No. It's going to take work. But you could always get back to God. Again, I ask you, do you serve a God that you are secured in for your soul? That security is only found in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we have this hope, this anchor for our soul. I believe today there's some of you here that are searching for life in the wrong places. I believe some of you have found Jesus. Your soul is secured. You know you're on your way to heaven. But if you're honest with yourself, you've drifted. You've gone farther than you've ever imagined. But you still have that hope that things can still get better. You just pull yourself back to him. Easter is all about Jesus saying, I rolled the stone away because I did what you couldn't do for yourself. The Bible says that if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died on the cross for your sins, you will be saved. It's not by anything else. It's not by what you've done. It's all about what he has done. You put your hope and your faith in Jesus and you just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and you surrender your life to him. And the Lord will secure you with salvation. You won't lose it. He won't change his mind. Even when you drift. So I want to talk to two groups of people here today. The first group are those that know without a doubt, I need to give my life over to Jesus. You're wasting your life on spices that are nice but not worthy of your life. You're wasting your life carrying a burden that God never asked you to carry. There is no reason you should be carrying the burden of your sin anymore because Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again to lift that burden off you. Why are you carrying it still? 
and you're wasting your life missing on the best that God has for you. And all Jesus says is, come to me. He's ready for you. And if you're here today, you're saying, Pastor, I'm a born-again believer. But like Peter and the boys, I'm a drifter. I've gone far. I know I'm saved. But I'm not living the life I know I'm supposed to be living. I know I can do better. But I've been distracted with all the spices. With all the preparations. I'm not who I used to be. See, on Easter, we always talk to the lost people. But what about those that are found, but they're living like they're lost? How about them? This Easter is your turn to pull yourself back to God. Let's all stand to our feet. Father, bless them today. I want you to spend a moment with the Lord today. With every head bow, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you at all. No one's looking around, but you're saying today, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus once and for all. I'm looking for life in the wrong places, and I know that right now, what I'm looking for is in Jesus. Everything else has been a dead place. See what happens when you search the wrong places, you find out what Mary and Joanna found out. You stay empty. That tomb remained empty because Jesus wasn't there. And I know you're looking for Jesus in the wrong places. And you know how you know it's the wrong place? Because after you've been through it, you're still empty. Time for you to come to Jesus. If that's you today, you put your hand up and say, Pastor, I'm giving my life to Jesus for the first time. And if you're here today, And you're saying, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. I know that I've given my life to Jesus, but I got to be honest with the Lord today. I'm a drifter. Jesus found Peter in the boat that he first called him to leave. You know you're a drifter when you're doing things you know God has set you free from. You know you're a drifter when you're going back to things and places you know God got you out of. But like Peter, you just need to pull yourself back to Jesus. And not only will he forgive you and restore you, but he will continue what he started in you. It's not too late for you. You have an anchor that's secured and his name is Jesus. So even though you've drifted from him, he is right where he's always been in your heart. If you're here today and this is a weekend, you're saying... God, I'm pulling myself back, but I need help. I've drifted. The Lord will receive you today. If that's you, you put your hand up. Any drifters that I have, God bless you. You, there, you, so many drifters today. You pray to the Lord right now as I pray for you. Just say, Lord, forgive me for drifting. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. 
I'm back where I'm not supposed to be. Our relationship's not what it used to be. Why don't you tell God in your heart what you miss about him? What do you miss? The times you used to pray, the times you used to worship, the time you used to read your Bible, the time it felt like God was so close to you, but you just drifted. And maybe God has gotten your attention right now because he wants you to pull yourself back to him. Father, I pray for every drifter in this church, for every drifter listening online, for every drifter, Father, that believes they're too far gone. You are the hope. You are the anchor. You are secured. Our salvation is never lost. Neither is your love for us. So I pray, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit and no other power, Father, I bind the enemy that's in your mind telling you it's over for you. And in the name of Jesus, you're pulling yourself back to him. And I declare that God will continue to do what he started in you. And your former days will be even better now. Because tomorrow is not determined by what today is. When you pull yourself back, Father, give him the strength to come back and not drift anymore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God some praise today. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat.